You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 232 of Podcateers. In this episode, we welcome back our pal Sam Carter. Sam is a former Disney cast member who worked in the parks as an art director, but is currently funneling some of that creative talent into creating an amazing holiday experience at the Queen Mary here in Long Beach, California, and he's going to tell us all about it. Plus, we talk about how Gavin had the opportunity to check off something from his Disney bucket list this week when he visited the Disney Studios in Burbank, California. If you'd like to connect with Sam, he's Cartar Sauce. That's Cartar, like Tartar Sauce, uh, not Carter, even though that's his last name, on Twitter and on Instagram. You can also check out his art at samcarterart.com. His info and social links will also be in the blog post for this episode over at podcateers.com slash 232. The post will also include information about the project that Sam is working on. So make sure to go check that out. If you want to join the conversation about anything that we talk about in this episode, you can leave us a comment in the blog post or you can connect with us on Instagram, Facebook or on Twitter. Just search for Podcateers. If you shop on Amazon, you can help us out this holiday season by starting your gift-giving journey on podcateers.com slash Amazon. On that page, you'll find a huge button that will take you to Amazon using our special link when you click on it, and then just shop as you normally would. Going through our link tells Amazon that you're helping us out because we mentioned them on the podcast, and in return, they hook us up with a small commission at the end of the month as a thank you. To everyone using our link, we would like to express our gratitude for your help. A shout out as always to the FGP squad for their help in making these episodes of Podcateers possible via their contributions via Patreon. For more info on how you can become one of our podcast fairy godparents, head on over to podcateers.com FGP. To everyone on the FGP squad, thank you all for your help and support. Finally, if you'd like to connect with us, head on over to podcateers.com team. There you'll find all of the social network links for the five of us. Plus, if you like watching YouTube videos, we'd love it if you took a moment to check out youtube.com slash podcateers and youtube.com slash Disney for two. Hit that subscribe button and ring that little gray bell for notifications whenever new videos are posted. All right, let's do this. Here is episode 232 of Podcateers. Here, we did it. That was Recording easy. Recording an hour and a <laughs> half later, trying to get audio stuff to function, but it's all worth yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> got a new theme song again. Uh, you know, it's just whatever happens to come out, depending on how many cups of coffee are in the Mickey coffee cup, you know, nice. will determine the type of song that comes. From my snazzy vocal stylings. <laughs> Ridiculous. How you guys doing? Good now. Good. A lot better, right? The kiddo's in bed. Now it's podcast time. Let's do it. Wait a second. Yeah. That is, Finally. That is a familiar, unfamiliar, familiar, unfamiliar, familiar voice. 
<laughs> familiar, unfamiliar, familiar, unfamiliar voice. Would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. I'm Sam Carter. How are you? Sam! What's, <laughs> What's up, up, buddy? <laughs> How are you? Long time no see. Yeah, man. It's good to see you. Uh, you guys too. Good to have you back on the podcast, man. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Last time was fun. Well, it's always fun hanging out and speaking to you. You know, it's been a while since we've had a chance to hang out at one of the art yes. crawl slash art walks. We're doing less of those. Popzilla, we're kind of slowing down. I think Popzilla's on a little hiatus. Just because oh, there's okay. way too much stuff going on. Not just the kids, but um, the, side, the side gigs. You know, like Queen Mary, for example. There's just too much to do it. Yeah. To do Popzilla justice. So we got to take a little break. That's cool, man. Well, yeah, we're definitely going to be talking about some of the stuff that you've been doing uh, on the Queen Mary. You know, for those that are not familiar with Sam, Sam uh, used to work at Disneyland. He, well, actually, Sam, why don't you give people the TLDR about what you used to do? The quick version. Yeah, 17 years at the Disneyland Resort. I started when I was still in high school in 1995, driving floats in the Lion King parade. So pretty nice. much every parade... For that decade of 1995 to 2005, I was a big part of, whether it's driving floats, uh, sometimes character work, sometimes uh, being a lead. And uh, then in 2005, I became the GFM of Block, Block Party Bash at California Adventure. And then uh, that around that time, uh, from mingling and meeting the producers of Block Party and that kind of stuff, uh, I got a job in the art department. And then I that kicked off seven years in the art department at TDA, that big yellow building in the back, which is now the big blue building. I don't know if you knew that. <laughs> they changed it on us. Um, it's green from the freeway side, but it's now it's blue on the park side. Anyway, um, where I was an art director there for about seven years and worked on pretty much everything: uh, pirates premieres, um, private parties, character meet and greets, like the Meet Merida was one of mine um so much stuff it's ridiculous uh but yeah lots of fun and then i left in 2012 to be the creative director or director of design up at usc so i've been there for six years now super cool what's been one of your so favorite cool. projects uh at usc oh man um you know it's funny uh probably you know there's there's a lot and it's it's different because it's definitely not a theme park vibe you know obviously being a university and USC of all universities is, you know, pretty, uh, it's a special culture up there, right? Um, but <laughs> the first month I was there, actually, six years ago, um, I, I proposed bringing mascots to the university. You know, I, I met with athletics because we were doing some design for them. And I said that I think it's really weird. You don't have a mascot. They're like, oh, we do. What do you mean? We have Traveler. He's a horse. He runs on the football field. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. What about every other sport? I'm like, football is holding school spirit hostage. You can't, what are you going to do? Bring Traveler the horse on a basketball court? Or you do these Pac-12 things, you can't bring a horse to that crap. So they're like, oh, what do you propose? And I'm like, I propose Tommy Trojan and Traveler mascot costumes. And they're kind of open to it. And they're like, well, what would that cost? So I'm like, let me find out. So then I, I called up some folks at Disney. I'm like, who makes those costumes? Because I know they're not done in-house anymore. And it turns out there's a place in Glendale that makes a lot of costumes like of that caliber. And so, you know, you know, 12K later each, they approved it. 
And then we have Tommy and Traveler at the campus, which is pretty cool. Very, and that's awesome. And they hated him yeah. at first. Like, <laughs> uh, USC is a place that does not like change. And they're like, oh, we don't have a mascot. That's not us. They hated it. But when they premiered the, the mascots, it was at a Boston game. Uh, yeah, USC basketball was playing Boston. And the line to meet them was just huge. Wow. And most of the people that wanted to meet them were people from Boston. Like they were just <laughs> so stoked to see mascots like that. And then, you know, years later, now all of a sudden when they're invited to like Pac-12 conferences where all the mascots are there, we finally have a presence. So yeah. they use they don't use Traveler as much anymore, but um, they use Tommy pretty often. And even like at commencement or special like events, like Tommy will be there with the band. So it's almost like, finally embedded in the culture and it, it took a while but even though that was like one of the first things i did there it's probably still my favorite sweet did you That's appeal fantastic did you appeal to that nature of competitiveness that seems to resonate at usc and throw in a little <laughs> well i don't know man uh joe bruin seems to think that we need tommy <laughs> trojan <laughs> I, I should have but what's nice is it i don't know if you've if you've seen it but um Tommy's been in uh, BMW commercials and he's been on Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon was in LA for like a week broadcasting and he invited Tommy Trojan and Joe Bruin to be on a dance-off. <laughs> what? So crazy to see. You're like, that's our Tommy, you know, like it was pretty <laughs> awesome. So That's super cool. Amazing. Yeah, there's, that's a, cool. there's a nice long story about that whole process too, but it was, it was pretty cool. Well, I hope you did Tommy justice and you didn't get like 1950s Mickey versus you know mickey now because you know oh, they, it, there was that awkwardness in the appeal of what the costumes <laughs> used to look like in the park oh so i horrifying. hope i hope you did it justice yeah what's funny <laughs> is my mom says it looks like me that's funny when i say <laughs> wait did Actually, she say you have um, a big head i think so <laughs> at my wedding she did call me groomzilla and i was like wow that is funny. Um, That's funny. Well, what's funny about that is one of my projects at Disney, um, it was right around the time that um, Princess Tiana came out. They were doing her show in New Orleans Square. And we, we needed like a push cart to have all the props kind of wheel out because they were uh, performing right on the riverbank. And um, I created this big gesture head. And it's very similar to Tommy. Like if you looked at a photo of that and a photo of Tommy, it's, it's pretty much the same face. <laughs> I, need to, I need to dig up just that photo for it, just reference. It'd be kind of funny to see. That's funny. Well, That's if you find funny. it, send it over to us. We'll throw yeah. it in the blog post for the episode. Okay, That'd for sure. super cool. Well, yeah. uh, you know, I'm happy that you're on this episode because Gavin had a chance to do something very special this last week that I'm going to admit I'm a little jealous of. And I think that you've done this before too, but Gavin, mm -hmm. you had a chance to tour the Walt Disney Studios Hashtag humble brag when I got that text message. <laughs> I know what you were trying to do to me. It worked. <laughs> Dude. I was trying to help you share in the magic, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It definitely shared in the magic. And uh, it wasn't enough sharing. I think the next time I need to be there in order to, wow. to really feel immersed in the magic. I'll, I'll see what I can do. Maybe we can organize a Podcateers uh, tour at some point. Super cool. Uh, but yeah, I, I had the, the opportunity to go get a personal tour uh, from a friend's sibling who works there. And uh, it's it's been something that I was invited to 
pretty recently and just kind of had to find the right day to be able to do it and was finally able to do it this past week. And it was kind of cool just getting a tour from a Disney Studio employee around the campus. And so it was probably not like a typical tour. Like I didn't have an actual tour guide. I wasn't part of a group. I was basically just walking around with an employee. And so we probably didn't necessarily get some of the traditional tour highlights, but I probably also got some extra, you know, I got to walk down some extra hallways that a normal tour wouldn't walk down. And man, it was awesome. I I think the thing that struck me the most is that in all of the buildings, you're basically walking through a Disney art museum. I mean, Mm -hmm. every wall is covered with concept art and paintings from the movies you know, from early development to, you know, like finished kind of renderings. I saw some crazy versions of like the genie and Jafar, like (laughs) from early Aladdin development. And I just saw all kinds of stuff that even in all of my Disney books and and things uh, like images I've never seen before, you know, I got to go to the archives and see what they had on display there. And they had a big, uh, tiki room display uh, going on in there at the time and that was really neat to see um, you know I, I got to hit all the highlight places you know I got to go to the the Legends Plaza I think is what they call it where mm-hmm. they have all the actual Disney Legends statue right yeah Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have the, the partner statue there and then also the statue of Roy and Minnie that's in that's so um, cool. Disney mm-hmm. World which I can't remember what the name of that one is do you guys remember what that one's called? Mm. Partners Part Something 2. I feel like kicking myself. Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> Partner Redux. Uh, Electric Boogaloo. Uh, we, we should know it, but I guess I guess we're not that big a Disney fans. <laughs> anyway, they had all uh, those two statues, and then the whole plaza all around the columns is, you know, all the Disney legends. Uh, and that was just really neat to see. I took pictures of, like, all of the plaques. I don't know why. But I did. Uh, I, could, I, I couldn't help myself. Uh, it's just a million pictures of squares with hands in them. But if you were to turn uh, around right there, those those dwarfs in the buildings are just. There's something really cool about that building. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah that uh, that building that overlooks it, I guess, is the like where all the corporate offices mm-hmm. are, where the big wigs work. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I took a lot of pictures of that that big portico with the dwarves holding up the the roof line and yeah it's it's really impressive i've seen it in pictures of course we all have but it's much bigger than i expected yeah Yeah, it's very big it kind of reminded me of the first time i went to washington dc and you hear about all the monuments and Mm -hmm. it doesn't really strike you how monumentally large they are until you're standing in front of them so like the lincoln memorial is so much huger than I ever pictured it, like seeing it in movies and stuff. And it was kind of the same thing, seeing that building. Did you know that each one of those is like 19 feet tall? I believe it. I think Dopey's the the shortest one. I think he's 12 feet, Mm -hmm. but they're, they're almost 20 feet tall. Yeah, I mean they're they're many stories up, so they're they're way up there above you. But yeah, they they're impressive to say the least. Did you get a chance to go in his office? No, I did not get oh, to do yeah. that. Which they, just, um, they started doing that recently, I think. Yeah, within the last either. year, they started doing that. Oh. And uh, the, the guy that I was with uh, didn't know how or if he could get us access to it. So uh, we'll, we'll kind of look for that for a future tour, perhaps. Um, 
But one of the neatest things also was just getting to walk amongst the old original studio buildings, you know, mm-hmm. that you see in all the documentary footage, the original animation building and just that kind of mid-century architecture and those little lanes, uh, you know, with the little Disney street signs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it was just, to me, it was just a thrill just to get to walk in and around those buildings. It was even the commissary. That, yeah. That's, yeah. It's kind of untouched like that. And it's, it's right. funny, the people that work there, they're like, oh, no big deal. I'm just going to go grab a burger. I'm like, this is where Walt grabbed a burger. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, you know, the, the guy that I was with, um, he said, he mentioned a couple times, you know, not everybody that works here is, you know, a Disney fanatic, a super fan. Right. You know? Most aren't. For a lot of people, it's, it's just their job, you know. They, especially, he works in the, the computer s- software side of things. And so... A lot of those people, they're just, you know, programmers who got mm-hmm. a degree in programming and, you know, Disney was the one who happened to hire them. And so mm-hmm. that's where they went because that's where their work was. But they're not necessarily all huge fans. It's a lot of industry folks. Like, you know, they could sure. come from Paramount or yeah. you know, Warner Brothers, it, uh, Universal. It's literally just another movie studio, which is kind of mind blowing. Right. Yeah. 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 And I learned uh, a lot of things about how the studio worked. So... Uh, when we were walking around all of the huge sound stages, which are, again, mind-blowingly mm-hmm. huge. Like, I didn't know how big those things would be. Uh, and we got to look inside a couple, and we got to see a set being built for some unknown film or television project. Uh, but he was telling me that, you know, these are studio spaces that Disney uses, but then if they suit the needs of another studio, another studio may rent them out and use mm-hmm. them too. So... Every kind of movie company films that, you know, things there. So I, I found that very interesting. Oh, that's kind of like every um, other studio, right? If they need a, a yeah, stage that's larger, I mean, how many things right. do you know that are on ABC that'll shoot on the Warner Brothers lot, you know, or, exactly. or a different lot? Exactly. So it, it's a space thing. So I get it. Yeah. He said basically whoever's got the soundstage or the whatever that fits the needs of whatever studio, they go there and rent that right, space. Right. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Well, it's pretty sweet um, about that huge that huge soundstage. It's one of like the first ones that you see. I, uh-huh. I don't know. I'm assuming it's called Soundstage 1. But <laughs> um, I remember I was told that that's like also where they filmed a lot of scenes from Pirates of the Caribbean, right? Mm-hmm. The, the studio stuff. Mm-hmm. But it was also where they built the entire cherry tree lane for Mary Poppins. Wow. So, so you think like you're just walking <laughs> by this building on a smoggy day in LA. You're like, this is cherry tree lane. It's just, <laughs> it's like chill central when you walk by and you yeah. think of it that way. It really is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's crazy because being such a fan of Disney and Disney history, getting to walk in that place and turning every single corner was something I recognized, you know, from a photograph or a film or a book. And yeah, it was like stepping into history and knowing, you know, some of the things that I've loved my entire life that were created in that very spot. It, yeah, it was quite the experience for me and uh, something I won't ever forget. It was, it was awesome. It's they like also, the Holy Land. <laughs> yeah, it kind of is. You know, uh-huh. it's it's where it all happens. And uh, as much as I love Disneyland, there wouldn't be a Disneyland without a lot of the magic that was created at that studio. And so, yeah, yeah. it's kind of like the mecca, I guess. Well, for plus Disney fans. Disneyland U was going to be planned to be there for a while, short while yeah. too. Yeah, right across so the street. Basically. 
It's a trip. Mm-hmm. You know, one of That's my dreams true. has always been to tour the studio, but to have Dave Smith give me the tour. Oh, my God. Live- yeah, I kept, like, <laughs> peering into the archives to see if maybe he was, like, hanging around, but oh. I, I didn't see him back there. <laughs> How much of the archive did you get a chance to see? Well, basically, they have an outer room that is kind of open to the public, you mm-hmm. know, and basically on the door, it says whether or not it's open or closed. Nice displays. So, yeah, it's mm-hmm. basically they have uh, a little display right in the front of some thing. And this time it was Tiki Room stuff. So they had a bunch of uh, original uh, Tiki gods from the outer courtyard of the Tiki mm-hmm. Room. Uh, sitting in there and then they had a cabinet filled with other ephemera from the attractions history and then in the center of that room is like all tables and chairs and then on the far wall is basically just a solid um, glass cabinet kind of bookcase with every disney book you ever wanted in it i mean Mm -hmm. I stood and looked at that bookshelf <laughs> for probably 15 minutes, just going mm-hmm. through, looking at every title, like drooling. I mean, out of print stuff that I've looked for on the internet. And I mean, everything. Like, Can I just it borrow was... this one just for a day or two? <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Right. They were all under lock and key. I couldn't actually access any of them, wow. but you can see them all. And it, that was impressive. So the other cool thing is, though, out in the lobby, because the archives is within one of the buildings. So you walk into this big The Frank Wells building. Yeah, that's right. The Frank Mm -hmm. Wells building. And you walk into the lobby and the archive entrance is kind of at the back of the lobby. And on the front of the archive and then over to the left, they have these big like museum display cases where they display things from the archive. Uh, And the one in the main display case was all stuff from Epcot. Um, celebrating, I guess it's what, 35th anniversary. So it was all just historical stuff from Epcot. The one on the left was a really strange exhibit of shoes. So it was all (laughs) shoes that had been used in films. And they had everything from, oh, they had Mary Poppins shoes from uh, the film, uh, all the way up to they had um, shoes worn by I don't remember who, one of the actresses in A Wrinkle in Time. So it was kind of this whole long history of their film through shoes. It was really interesting. Mm. I saw a hat display with the same kind of thing where they had all different kind of hats. Yeah, that would be really cool. That's cool. Yeah, that would be awesome. Before you continue, Melissa, have you been to the studio before? I have. Because I see Um, you just like... Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that I sounds have. familiar. I'm like, wait a second. Am I the only <laughs> chump that hasn't been to the studio? Uh-oh. I think oh, so. that hurts. Because I know AJ's been there. I know VJ's been there. So literally, I'm the only one that hasn't gone. That hurts. Yeah. That hurts. I think so. Sorry. So if anybody nice. wants to take me, I will buy you lunch. Nice. At the commissary. At the commissary. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, well, before we continue, I don't want to cut into our conversation, but I just want to remind you that this holiday season, if you're going to purchase anything on Amazon, make sure that you head over to podcateers.com slash Amazon before your next purchase. On that page, you'll find a huge Amazon button that when you click it, will take you over to Amazon using our special link. It's not going to cost you anything extra except for a few extra clicks, but those extra clicks tell Amazon that you went through the Podcateers link and they hook us up with a small thank you commission at the end of the month because we talked about them on the podcast 
and you went through the trouble of clicking through our link. To everyone that's already doing that, we just want to send a big thank you to all of you. It certainly helps us out. And with that said, let's hop back to our conversation with Sam. So, Gavin, were you able to go to Mickey's of Glendale? Uh, we, well, we went to the studio store. Is that is that what you're referring to? Yeah, Mickey's of Glendale is that yes. imaginary. Yeah, that's the ima- the Mickey's of Glendale oh, is the okay. Imagineering store. Yeah, so the so I'm thinking here the, uh, yeah, is the side. studio store. And yes, I did go. Yes, I did break the bank. I <laughs> I could have spent many, many hundreds of dollars in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did get myself a couple of souvenirs. Uh, I, I basically stuck to the studio exclusive section because Definitely. everything else is pretty much you it's know, Disney store. Disney store. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it felt like I was in a Disney store. The mm-hmm. employees were the same. and uh, But I also, since I was with an employee, I got to go into the employee-only section and look at mm-hmm. their merchandise. Like I could, a team center type of place. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, exactly. I couldn't purchase any of that, but I got to look at it. And they had some neat stuff in there, too. Uh, so, yeah, I got to do that. And um, really, I, I, I loved the, the very last building we went into uh, as he toured me was the current animation building, you know, the big Mickey hat entrance mm-hmm. uh, that we see in all the pictures. And, you know, we got to walk up and down so many different hallways in that building. And that's the building where he actually works. And I got to see so much cool artwork and a couple of the cool things that they have there right now. Uh, and the, the, the unfortunate thing is beyond the lobby, you can't take any photos in that building. So, I didn't get to really capture a lot of the things I saw. But one of the things they recently did um, to celebrate Mickey's birthday is they took everybody's uh, photo ID, the photo from their photo ID, and they created, I mean, it was probably 40 feet long and about 10 feet tall, a photo mosaic of Steamboat Willie. I saw people posting that on Instagram and pointing to their particular picture. And I thought it was Uh, one of the coolest things they've ever done. They did a similar mosaic for one of the Disneyland anniversaries. I think they did it for the 60th. But, oh, man, to be at the studio and a part of Steamboat Willie, ah! (laughs) I love it. I loved it because, you know, when when that whole photo mosaic thing was so super popular back in the late 90s, I was mad about it. I had so many photo mosaic posters in my college dorm room, and I, you know, I hadn't seen anything like that in years at this point. So to kind of walk around the corner and run into that, that was it was really kind of neat. Um, the other thing that they've got right out in front of the front door to that building is they did a a sidewalk mural um, of forced perspective mural for Ralph breaks the internet. So when you look at it, you know, it looks all super stretched out, but they have a spot marked on the sidewalk where if you walk over and you stand at that spot and look at it, it all kind of comes into perspective. And so it's like somebody could like stand on whatever Ralph is like punching and it looks like you're part of the scene. So that I thought that was pretty cool too. Um, but man, I mean, I could go on forever. It's, it's just one of those places where there are neat historical things and fascinating new things being worked on basically around every corner. It, it was awesome. I, I did see a couple of, um, semi-famous Disney people there. Um, so like 
at some point we we ran into a group that was on a tour and their tour guide was eric goldberg oh so that would have been a cool tour right yeah yeah Uh, i don't know how you get into his tour but that would be sweet um and then i did see up in like the there's like a break room like common room area in that animation building and uh, i saw Brittany lee in there just chatting with some people i didn't get to talk to her but i I wish i would have uh pictures yeah so no i couldn't take any pictures pictures. in in that building beyond the the lobby dang so but they had a ton of wreck it ralph to concept art and you know a, a lot of that it was cool. And I I, I kind of got to glimpse down this one hallway where all of the Frozen 2 stuff was being worked on. Uh, but it was like a no access point. So I couldn't actually walk down there. But I, I got some glimpses <laughs> of some things. And that was kind of cool. Man, that is super cool. How long has it been since you went to the studio, Sam? Mm, when I was in TDA still, I was uh, art directing like their Christmas tree lighting ceremonies. So I, I went up there like for a few Christmases in a row. So it's probably been 2012. Wow. And Melissa, when was the last time yeah. you went? I want to say maybe four or five years ago. Been a what few years. What was going on in archives and stuff when you last went? Actually, it was a Christmas party. Ah. And I just happened to be just a friend of mine was like, oh, do you want to go? And I'm like. One, we didn't know that there was a Christmas party. So I was like, just to be on property? Yeah. Yeah. And then to find out that they had everything going and the tree lighting ceremony was just... Yeah, that was our gig. Perfect. How cool. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Did I ever talk to you guys about that parade mural in the N19 building at Disneyland? Yeah, you told us about it the last time you were here. So, yeah, what was cool about that is um, doing research for that. I actually did get to meet with Dave Smith and he, nice. he got this big drawer out with all these old parade photos. So I was able to use that as reference for the, the wall. Oh, so That's so cool. It, so cool. Talk about surreal to walk into the archive and the dude looks just like that character of him that they had in the old <laughs> Disney news magazines. Like you are a living character of yourself. Um, <laughs> but you know, in the, in the archive area, the thing that like, really seemed like the most special item there was they had the snow globe from Mary Poppins with Ooh. the feed the birds thing, like yeah. under a glass case. And you're just like, Oh my God, that's it. And it's that's just awesome. sitting there collecting dust. You're like, this is amazing. Oh man. Yeah. yeah there's some special stuff wow. there. Absolutely. <laughs> one of the, one of the cool things uh, that I actually did uh, post on my Instagram was in the archives above the bookcase, they have the, banner that used to hang in pirates of the caribbean for oh, the, the ride auction, auction. yeah <laughs> so uh, too it was soon. cool that they already had that up there <laughs> <laughs> that is cool you know what's weird about think it always crosses my mind when i'm there because it is right across the street from the hospital mm-hmm. um yeah and you know when walt passed or when he was you know when he first fell mm-hmm. uh he was at the studios and then they rushed him across the street yeah it kind of makes the reality of that sink in too you're like wow this is where that happened yeah. too yeah so it's it's, it's yeah. nice people true. don't think about that part not to bum yeah. everyone out but that was <laughs> that's it can you imagine living in this world and ha- when that happened and I that's know. where it happened yeah when Crazy. when reality hits you know even when you're at disneyland or any one of the parks right and an emergency happens i think 
cast members do a really good job to try to mask what's going on so that it doesn't ruin the magic for anybody else. So they quickly take them backstage and they start administering, you know, whatever they have to as far as first aid is concerned. But there are those instances where, you know, they do have to cross somebody or, you know, you're you're in Tomorrowland and all of a sudden you hear a fire truck going down harbor or something, you know, and it, it does <laughs> yeah. kind of ruin the illusion of where you are. But I mean, it's real life. Right. And it, it, mm-hmm. it is a little surreal knowing that it's it's so close to reality that crossing those gates just puts you into this whole other world, you know, that very few have ever stepped into and very few ever will. You know, crossing my fingers, I'm just saying. But <laughs> We'll get you there, buddy. I'm hoping. I would love to. I almost we went will. to one of the hey, Christmas I... parties, by the way. Oh, wow. Yeah, I almost had a chance to go to one of the Christmas parties, and I forgot what the circumstances were. I think the, the Christmas party started at 7, but they had to be there at 4 for check-in or something like that. And they told me literally hours before they had to go, and I didn't have anybody to pick up my kids from school. I didn't have anybody to drop them off. Mm. I, I was leaving work a couple hours after that day, and so... I just, I couldn't make it. And I was so bummed out because I was like, no, so close yet so far. <laughs> well, you know, people we'll we'll try to figure. Something I out. would love to go yeah, one of these days, definitely. but that would be super cool. Definitely. <laughs> well, wait, I, I have something that's on topic, but off topic. I have a question for you guys. It's related mm-hmm. to Christmas and Walt Disney and the parks. So this is my first time being at Disneyland during the holiday season. And I've already gone on record saying how much I love it. The Christmas time is so magical. Mm -hmm. I continue to be blown away by it. It's it's very much competing with Halloween for me right now. However, Mm -hmm. I don't yet know how I feel about the fact that they have moved the lamp from Walt's apartment and replaced it with a miniature Christmas tree. They How did? do you guys feel about that? I didn't. Know I they saw did that. that too. Yes. we were there last weekend. Um, Is this the first time they've done that? I'll tell year? you the truth, man. That's sacrilege. I don't remember ever seeing <laughs> that before. Yeah, it's there now, and it kind of like gives me a little jolt every time I see it. It's like ah, that's not yeah. right. So the first thing I did... I'm not one of those people who bemoans changes at Disneyland, but this is kind of a different thing. So I went back to some of my photos because it's one of those photos that no matter how many I take, like I feel like I always have to get one, right? And as I'm walking out, whether it's a quick shot or whether it's, you know, actually standing there and trying to get the perfect shot, uh, I always try to get something of the firehouse, including the window. Mm -hmm. And I went back and... I don't recall seeing the Christmas tree there. But then again, I don't have a lot of photos of the window during the holiday season. And so Mm -hmm. I don't remember seeing it last year. And it was freaking me out when I last went because I felt the same way that you felt right now. I'm all for right? change. Just you know, we right. talk about it when we do our armchair Imagineering episodes where we're okay with change as long as the change is justified and it leads to something mm-hmm. better. But it would, when it's just something, oh, well, it, it'll look really cool. if we, No, you leave Walt's lamp alone. That yeah. seems like uh, uh, someone didn't know. You know, there was, hey, we'll put the tree here. Move that lamp. You know, I have a feeling that that wasn't like an intentional mm. thing. 
It could have been, but I guess. But how could somebody how could have access know? to that and not know? But more importantly, I, like the I know some decorator folks. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have a conversation with uh, some resort enhancement people. About but that. more importantly, <laughs> if it was somebody that Please didn't do. know, somebody that does know would have seen it already. And don't you think they would have said something? Yeah, yeah I would think so. I, yeah, I'm, I'm just surprised by it. I, you know, every time I've seen it, because I've been a bunch already this holiday season. And it, yeah, it just, it doesn't feel right. Mm. Well, speaking of Christmas, do you all agree that Viva Navidad is way better than Christmas Fantasy? Uh, it's a lot more yeah. lively. I strongly feel that way. So, I 1995. Can't the two. <laughs> uh, 1995, I helped open that in its first year. Christmas Fantasy was the brand new Christmas parade in 1995. It replaced the Very Merry Christmas Parade, which was epic. It was huge. Um, it was so big, in fact, that the opening float driver would drive the entire parade route, go like in the gate, like finish the parade route, go backstage, and get shuttled all the way around and drive one of the back floats because the parade was still Whoa. going. It was that long. Yeah, crazy long. And, cra- and it, it wasn't good just because it was so long. It was just awesome, right? Tons of performers, live musicians, and then they replaced it with Christmas Fantasy. So wait, Very Merry, it was kind of two parades in one. It started off with just... There's a Sleeping Beauty unit and a Jungle Book unit and a Mary Poppins unit and a Fantasia unit. So it's like the only time of year you could see all the classics and these huge units. And then the second half of the parade was the Christmas stuff. So you have the ice rink and you have the Santa float and the toy factory and everything. So basically, Christmas Fantasy opens in 95 and it's just the Christmas floats. And they shoehorned in all the characters into the Christmas units, right? Mm. And to know that that means... Christmas fantasies in its twenty third year. Yikes! Yeah, the same song, dated. most of the same floats. Mm-hmm. I mean, some floats have been upgraded, but man, like that—that's crazy. So, I mean, I think that's partly why I'm like, okay, Viva Navidad. It's, it's just one float, but I just love it so much. It's got a lot I'm of energy. Biased. Yeah, I got to play the drum last year. Nice, and I was just like. Yes, I'm part of a parade. The samba from Brazil. <laughs> right. <laughs> Very so cool. So much fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the last parade, I remember, wa- I never saw it in the park, but I remember watching videos of it on YouTube. I'm going to try to find somebody that posted the entire parade. And if I find it, uh, it'll be posted over at podcasters.com slash 232 if you guys want to go take a look at that. But you're right, man. Compared to this one, it was an amazing parade. Uh, I mean, that one, I think, had a lot more energy to it. This one, I I mean, it's okay. But the premier float, I think, on this one, aside from Santa, is Elsa's float. You know, the whole winter theme and the whole Christmas theme and... That's kind of mm-hmm. sad. Well, that float's been used forever. Like, first, I mean, Beauty and the Beast have ice skated on that. It's been Chip and Dale. It's been Mickey and Minnie. Because that float was in Very Merry as well. That was when Mickey and Minnie yeah. were on it. Funny story. One, not funny. One of my friends was working that day, and she was friends with Belle. And it's they really do ice skate, right? Well, she fell during the parade, like halfway through. And she's mic'd. Oh, no. And so... She ended up breaking her arm, <gasps> and she she finished the route like she was lying down for the rest of it. It was pretty gnarly. Whoa. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so talk about when things go wrong. Wow! Shout but out yeah, to so, Bill. Right? <laughs> wow, that is crazy. Right. Anyway, that's crazy. Well, 
I, I hope that they're taking some consideration into updating the Christmas Fantasy Parade at Disneyland because I like it. I mean, it's no secret that Christmas time is my favorite time of year at Disneyland, but there are some things that are getting pretty old. Considering how mm. quickly they move to change other things that are not as old, you would figure that they mm-hmm. would move quicker to change something like this or to update it, right? Um, right. But Viva, Na- Viva Navidad is so lively and just the music and the ambiance and it it's it unexpected. Is. You don't you, you don't know what to mm-hmm. expect because it's not really like it's sure it's on the perform on the parade route right there, but it's not a parade. But you just don't know what to expect, and it just punches you in the face. It's a, it's so good, <laughs> but you know. I, I, I'm kind of torn with Christmas Christmas Fantasy because in its 23rd year, like, yeah, it'd be great to have them redo it. But at the same time, I'm like, you know what? I, it would be my dream to really just design a brand new Christmas parade that's appropriate for California Adventure and have two Christmas parades. You know, something a little bit more appropriate for, like, Hollywood in the 30s and the 40s. You know, you could do something really Ooh. cool with Brian Setzer, or Nutcracker as the music, something more upbeat and lively, like... I'm already visualizing it, and I'm like, I kind of don't want them to redo it because I'm like, oh, let's do my idea, let's do this. But one of these days, you know, it it nice. feels like they, the one at Walt Disney World is um, Once Upon a Christmas Parade, or what is it called over there? Um, I don't know, but I know they that the private party holds it hostage, so that's one thing we're lucky for yeah, here. Well, I, you know, you have to buy a ticket yeah, so for it. Yeah, so the the one over there oh. seems like it gets a lot more updates because this year. They ended up adding the Wreck-It Ralph and the Vanellope units to mm-hmm. it, and I thought that was pretty cool. Just watching Vanellope drive oh, yeah. around. In they were in it. I think they were in it. They were in it before. I think because there was always like, it's funny because it's the same unit for Halloween for trick or treating, and now it's Christmas candy, and like they switch it out. But I think they have Ralph on like a, on the gingerbread float, and th- I think they've been in it for a couple mm. years. I could be wrong though, but maybe um, I just wasn't paying I just attention love that to it, it before because maybe it's because I've been seeing so much of Ralph breaks the internet that it's you know at the, yeah. at the front of my mind at this point. I'm glad they got facelifts. Yeah, though. they got they had yeah. some work done, and I'm glad because that was needed. Oh man, <laughs> well I think if they wanted to <laughs> if they wanted to hire somebody to put together a parade. Uh, I think Sam's available. Yes, please. Yes, please. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm sure so that by now that. they're like, yeah, we know Sam. We know. You know, one of the things but. that I love about your Twitter account, Sam, is a lot of the concept work that you do, a lot of the ideas that you shoot mm-hmm. out that you've worked on, or just one of those little brainstorms that you happen to have in the middle of the day and you're quick sketching mm-hmm. like, here's a quick sketch of this. Oh, here's a concept I had of this. I'm mm-hmm. like, man, this guy's so freaking talented. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Well, it's like you visualize something and we all like coming up with these ideas and, you know, I could describe it in Twitter's however many characters, but it'd be quicker for me just to sketch it out and just take a crappy photo of it. Mm-hmm. Like I, someone recently posted like, what do you think uh, they should do with Tomorrowland? And I'm like, I'll show you yeah. like this. Nice. This is what yeah. they should do. That was glorious. That was fun. Those are so good. <laughs> and of course, Horizons would be part of that. A new Horizons would be like the main attraction that would be so cool. Uh, dude, we're going to have to have wow. you on one of our future armchair imagineering <laughs> episodes so we can just hash this out because dude, those are that. some of our favorite episodes. Yeah. But speaking of imagineering yeah, yeah, and putting things... Let's tell everybody about what you're doing at the Queen Mary. 
But before we move on, I do want to remind you that this episode of Podcateers is brought to you by our podcast, Fairy Godparents. They like to call themselves the FGP Squad, and if you would like to become a part of the FGP Squad, just head on over to podcateers.com FGP for more information on how you can join. For as little as $1 a month, you can become part of the FGP Squad, but for a contribution of at least $5 monthly, you will also get the exclusive Fairy Godparent button and you will also get cool content like what's going to be coming up at the end of this episode. But let's go back to what's happening at the Queen Mary. Well, um, first of all, um, Queen Mary is amazing. and I don't, I don't know if um, enough people really know how cool it is. It's really cool. Um, growing up, being a big Disney nerd, uh, even as a kid in the 80s, um, I was aware that Disney owned the Queen Mary. And I, th- I thought that was kind of like a natural fit. That seems cool. Um, and then, you know, getting older and learning about the possibility of uh, Port Disney, which turned into Tokyo Disney Sea. Like, there's a lot of really cool history at the Queen Mary. And it wasn't a long time that they owned it because, you know, the quick backstory is when the Disney company wanted to get the Disneyland Hotel back, because they never really owned it, they had to buy this corporation, and in doing so, they got the Queen Mary as like as an add-on, like, and so for a few years they took um, they took some pride in it, and they they kind of made it a little Disney-ish, and really it's just a hotel now, and that's kind of how they've been treating it. Um, it's a really old hotel. It's from the 30s. Some over the past few decades, it's been um, not really maintained in the best way but you could tell when um when they did put some tlc into it it really shines it's a ton of like beautiful art deco you know uh, streamlined type architecture inside um the history is amazing as for my part of it you know some disney folks went over there to work and they actually called me in august and they said hey um we're not gonna we're not doing chill this year and that kind of took me by surprise i'm like well you've done chill for a while now, and I'm like, yeah, we've I think we've done it for six years, and we're not going to do it anymore. What do you suggest? And it was so <laughs> cool that they knew that I would run at the mouth and have a hundred ideas. I'm like, well, we could do this, we could do this, we could do that. So I was kind of like, I'll be right there. So I drove to Long Beach, did like a three hour walkthrough of the whole ship, just kind of like pointing at things, saying we could do this, we could do that. But the real the difference between Chill, if you're familiar with that, Chill was a a winter event that took place in the parking lot next to the Queen Mary. And the way I thought of it was they wanted people to come and experience chill and then visit the Queen Mary. And, you know, they really weren't. They'd go to they'd go to chill and they bounced. So none of chill actually took place on the boat itself. I don't think so. You know, and to be honest, I've never been to chill, but I'm very familiar with, like, the marketing and the branding of it because I've always kind of saw it. But I noticed that you have all these silhouettes of stuff at the bottom of these billboards and the queen mary was just a tiny tiny little part of that and i'm like well that's not right like the queen mary should be the star right so knowing now that okay there's no chill but we want to do have christmas on the queen mary we kind of that's that was like the whole scheme that was the whole plan that's the whole the, the whole story that we wanted to do is you know how about this it's um daily voyages to the north pole and where holidays set sail, like all these things started coming together that kind of felt like the perfect fit. And it really felt like, you know, because when I was at Disney, I would do um, I would work on the candlelight Christmas ceremony or I would decorate Club 33 for Christmas. I was treating the Queen Mary with the same kind of 
um, you know, level of detail and like care. And you really like, if, if you've been in the ship, it's, it's, oh my gosh, it's, it's a masterpiece. It's gorgeous, right? The architecture, the ballrooms, the history. Um, so mm-hmm. I got the green light, you know, they liked the ideas and they said, how much would that cost? And I kind of gave them an amount and wow, can you do it for this much? And yeah, yeah, let's do it. Right. Um, but we were able to put something together really special. Um, I went to the, I went to this, um, decor place and I, I handpicked all these ornaments and stuff to make it really feel like what would be appropriate for Christmas in the 1930s and 40s. And it worked out good because when I was at Disney still, I was designing the Christmas tree for Buena Vista street. So that's Christmas in LA in the thirties and the forties. So mm-hmm. same kind of vibe, like what would Christmas Perfect. look like? You know, it, it might have like a little bit of a English flair to it, but it's very art deco. So I found all these art deco snowflakes and, decor and all these kind of little details and i wanted to feel like these sh- these ornaments have been in the ship since the 30s and 40s and that we were finally bringing them out letting the ship be the ship at christmas and i don't think it's ever been decorated like this and i've learned too that you know disneyland has their rabid fans you know i'm probably one of them but the queen mary has their shippies i've learned like there are <laughs> diehards that are into the queen wow. mary thing so i'm just really hopeful that they that they're loving what we're doing over there because it's it's all very period specific it's you know nothing too flashy however one of the ideas that we had was um they talked about putting a a christmas tree on the front the bow of the ship and they're like well we we could do one that's like 30 feet or so and i'm like you know dinky that's gonna look across the harbor like the ship is bigger than the titanic first of all it's ginormous a 30 little a 30 foot uh, tree in the front of the ship's gonna look like nothing so the idea was let's turn that front mast into a big light tree and they did it. And then another cool idea was, um, have we ever had ice skating on the roof of the ship, like next to the stacks? And I, they had to do all this like engineering to make sure the ship can hold it. And they did and they got the green light. So now you could ice skate on the roof of the Queen Mary, like with the whole That's view awesome. of Long Beach. So there's stuff that you've never been able to do before. Um, wow. And we just opened on Friday. So that's pretty outstanding. The, the really exciting part was, you know, I get to throw out these ideas. Let's try this. Let's do that. And um, I had a chat with them and asked marketing, like, this is completely different than anything they've done in the past. This is, And it's definitely not chill. You know, no offense to chill. And I know people love it. People went every year. It was a tradition. That's who I'm worried about. Those people that they want to go. In fact, one of my decorators, when I asked them to, to help me out, they ask, what's the theme of chill this year? I'm like, ooh, uh, global warming. Like, it's, <laughs> there is no theme. There is no chill. Um, this is chill. This is the new the new thing. It's the Queen Mary Christmas where holidays set sail. So even – but I think the people I've talked to, they seem to really appreciate it and like it. And there's so much authentic detail that goes to the that era. But um, What's nice too about it is, so I kind of have like a story that goes along to it. Like our new captain for the ship is Santa. And so when you first arrive to the ship, you see his, uh, like a luggage rack and you see his suitcases and there's a, a Santa hat kind of sticking out of it and there's a bag of reindeer food. And so, okay, there's his stuff. And then you kind of like go in right before you get in the hallway and the, the elevator, there's like, okay, well there's his sleigh and it's full of presents. And I really think that when kids go to this and check it out, I want them to be totally convinced that they actually went to the North Pole. Like, this is a voyage 
We've left Long Beach. We're going to the North Pole. So when you meet Santa, you're in his captain's quarters. It's all very nautical in there. It's still very North Pole, but it's a good mashup between what would Santa's captain's quarters really look like? So we've completely transformed this room into, you know, his captain's quarters. And um, a lot of like the windows in there, they're all portholes. And if you look out the windows, it's the Northern Lights. So it's like, you kind of have that really cool vibe. And this is really fun stuff. But then when you have like the main hall, you have all these beautiful art deco ornaments. You go into the observation bar. It's it kind of like a New York vibe where the ornaments are the ship's colors. It's black, red, and white. But there's music notes because they're having live jazz in there every night during Christmas. So that's going to be super cool. There's there's so much decorations all over the ship. I feel like miles of garland. And then plus, um, you know, snowflakes, trying to figure out how we could decorate stuff. I had these gold metallic art deco snowflakes made and they're they're on the ceiling and so when there's a gobo projected it's not just some generic snowflake that you get it's like no this is an art deco snowflake this is from even that's from the era (laughs) i think we decorated maybe 30 christmas trees on the ship you know some are 15 feet tall there really needs to be a tour of just the christmas trees because like the Mm. grand ballroom and the queen salon and all these different places they all have these outstanding christmas trees that that could totally be in Club 33. They're that level of detail. Um, but yeah, it's pretty cool. How Fun much stuff. of the actual ship? I know you mentioned a couple of the rooms and a couple of the areas, but uh, approximately what percentage of the ship would you say uh, it has this Christmas overlay to it? That's a good question. You know, um, most of the ship is a hotel, right? So I would say it's there's 300 rooms or so. Um, so obviously we're not going to decorate the rooms, but the, definitely like the hotel lobby has been decorated. Um, they did have they have a Starlight Lounge right next to the hotel check-in, and we converted that to be Mrs. Claus like story time. Um, so Mrs. like five times a day, Mrs. Claus will read stories. So we kind of looks like a living room now, but it just looks so appropriate for the ship. In the past, at Chill, they'd have to recreate that in a tent. Yeah, and I'm like that's kind of such a shame, right? Like. Mm-hmm. You're not going to fool anyone. But now you're in this vintage old school thing with real portholes looking out at sea. And um, Mrs. Claus is there and she'll kind of chat about Santa. Have you seen Santa upstairs yet on the promenade deck? And um, but a really big chunk to answer your question, you know, I I don't know, maybe half. I don't know. I mean, in the back of the ship, in the, the lower stern area where the engine room is, one of the most haunted and spooky areas of the ship. It's kind of fun to make it like nice and cheery, but it's it's scary down there, right? Um, <laughs> we turned that into like uh, gingerbread village. So I had this 22 foot long gingerbread ship made that looks like the Queen Mary, and wow. kids could come and they build their gingerbread houses there. But it's just fun little hangout area. I think they're showing Polar Express, the 4D version of it there too. So they. What used to be one of the swimming pools on the ship, they transformed into a 40 movie theater. Oh, So wow. that's in the back of the ship. So, that's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Wow. Um, wow. But even, you know, I always thought I was familiar with the ship, but I, I went in Ballrooms I've never even been in. I didn't know the Britannia room ever existed. And there's like this, um, here I am setting up this 12-foot Christmas tree in there. But um, it's just really nice, really well done. But when I was talking about the marketing for it, I'm like, hey, we got to make sure that people know this is not chill. And I offered my services. I'm like, I really think that the branding and the marketing need to match what the creative content is. And they agreed. And so I got the 
the honor of doing the marketing too. So I, I treated it like an attraction poster. Mm-hmm. Like if Queen Mary Christmas was going to be in that tunnel when you enter Disneyland, what would it be? So I made it, you know, oh, nice. period specific. Um, I really wanted to make sure that the Queen Mary part stood out. And it's, you know, if, you, if you've seen it, it definitely reads as it. That's the Queen Mary. Yeah. And found this really great old painting that we could use for it. So it doesn't feel vectorized or modern. So it really feels like time period specific. Very careful with my fonts and, you know, uh, making sure that it just looks cool. Like I wanted to have that Disney quality. And I really think it has it. I think it does, too. I I think one of the most special aspects of what you put together is the fact that you put a story behind it. You know, there's a lot of areas Mm -hmm. and a lot of places that put together little Santa's villages and they put together these experiences Mm -hmm. for families to go with their children. But they don't have a story. And that's one of the things that lacks the Mm -hmm. area. It feels empty, even though it's full of things to do. And as soon Mm -hmm. as you attach even... Uh, a, a couple of sentences of copy that tell you where you are, what you're doing, why you're here, and what you're about to experience, it changes everything. Mm-hmm. You know, all of a sudden you become For a sure. part of this world. And I think the fact that you guys did that really speaks volumes to the evolution of what's happening at the Queen Mary for the holiday season mm-hmm. this year. You know, I've, I've really found that the people that work on that ship they they are more into it than the shippies they love it they're dying to do more there and it seems like this is the first real step in that direction um it's great too because I'll, I'll talk to them and they'll ask like hey what do you think about the fourth of july what do you think about valentine's day so they really want to do more um and i know numbers have been off the, like really great above what they anticipated for this opening weekend so that's that's a good sign but i think word's gonna word's gonna spread that Something's new going on. Let's go check it out. Uh, I feel the same way at, like when at Disneyland. Sometimes there, there's like an overlay at Disneyland, whether it's Christmas, Halloween, Year of a Million Dreams, celebrate like some huge promotion, or it will be an overlay to the park. And I really wish the park could just be the park sometimes, right? Mm-hmm. Like you, right. you don't need to put all sugarcoat it. The park is amazing as it is, right? Yeah. And I, I, I kind of went with that mentality to Queen Mary. It's like, this is the Queen Mary being the Queen Mary, just dressed in her holiday best. Yeah. Right? And no one's seen this type of treatment done to it before. I, I could tell the employees are really appreciating it, too. I am super stoked. to. I need to go see this. It's pretty cool. I love the Queen Mary. And I've been telling Hazen about mm-hmm. this. I'm like, you need to see it. It's beautiful. And now to hear everything is like... Oh man! I hope it lives really, up to it. I mean, I'm I, yeah. obviously I'm invested in it, so I'm kind of I'm I'm loving it. But it just it, it was like one of the most fun projects I've ever got to work on. Um, it, the level of trust that they gave me, you know, like they were just I would I would spit out some crazy idea. They're like, yeah, do it. That's amazing, right? And that always feels good too. Like that was completely satisfying. What's What's funny is there's so many ideas that we have. Um, one of the ways I got this gig too was with um, one one of the guys from West Coaster. I'm working on a project with him for the Queen Mary and uh, Tim O'Day. We we're, we're we're working on Queen Mary stuff, and that's how um, that's how they ended up calling me to work on this. So I have them to thank for that. Um, but we've always been saying how we want the ship to feel alive, and one of the ideas that they came up with that I'm trying to make happen was: Can you imagine? 
if those smokestacks were smoking. Like, yes. oh yeah, yeah. I think people. I mean, I would, but I think people would lose their mind because how else would you make the ship feel alive than? Yeah. Holy crap! The smokestacks yeah. are on. Yeah. You know, um, and what's funny <laughs> is, uh, we have some connections at Imagineering, and some phone calls were made, and like, how would we make smokestacks turn on? Because you know, Disney Sea has their Columbia that looks just like the Queen Mary, and it smokes. And they gave us the name of the company that helped them do that. So there's talk about how to help make that happen. So we wow. couldn't we couldn't squeeze it into this year's budget. But I'm <laughs> I'm determined that those smokestacks will smoke again, and it'll help feel alive. And um, maybe even getting like um, ship horn that could play like Her Majesty or like even Jingle Bells. I don't know, just something like it. Have it have it come to life again. Oh man, it's oh, so exciting. <laughs> Field trip. I'm hoping we get right? a chance to go. I mean, information for all of this is going to be available in the blog post for the episode. If you guys want to check it out, mm-hmm. it'll be over at podcasters.com slash 232. Uh, the name of the event is Queen Mary Christmas, where holiday set sail. It's going to be running from November 23rd through January 6th of 2019. Tickets are available. There's going to be a link to purchase tickets. They start at about $15 for children, $21 for adults for the general holiday admission. And they range all the way up to $69 if you want to do the VIP grand tour of everything. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you know what's included in the VIP one, Sam. But if you could tease people with that VIP ticket, what do you think the best thing they're going to see is? You know, I think that's pretty much the best of everything. You'll probably get the the main tour of like everything, but they'll it includes ice skating on the roof, um, all the different activities. Like after you would meet Santa in his captain's quarters, part of that room is like themed to his toy factory, where they do have a twenty seven foot long Queen Mary made out of Lego bricks. What? Um, what? Yeah, it's always it was always in the room. Yeah, it was funny because the room that Santa's in when it's not Christmas is called the shipyard. And it's a room that just has some pictures on the wall about how they built it. But for some reason, there's this amazing Lego ship in there, 27 feet long. And it's so detailed. And it's literally the the Queen Mary made of Lego. And they're like, when I was telling them ideas about what we could do in this room, they're like, oh, don't worry, we we could get the ship out of here. No, this is amazing. (laughs) So I made sure that when we're building Santa's Toy Factory, this is an integral part, like a huge part of it, right? But uh, to answer your question, I think it includes the making the gingerbread. It includes the tours. It includes um, ice skating on the roof. Um, hopefully, there's a tour that shows all the Christmas trees if people are into that. Because that they're amazing. And each tree is different. It's not just, oh, cool, another red and green tree. It's like, nope, this one is rose gold and silver. This one is gold and silver. Like, anyway, but it's all like, you know... <laughs> period specific ornaments and that wow. it's that, that's that kind of stuff that makes christmas at Buena vista street so special or christmas on main street like uh, you look at the christmas decorations on main street they're super appropriate yeah right it's like a lot of thought yeah. went into those it's not generic like not to bash on like six flags or something but i bet when six flags makes a it christmas looks like tree, a palm tree there's a bunch of balls <laughs> throw them on the tree you know like i haven't been to six flags during christmas so i probably shouldn't i don't think they on, do anything for christmas I feel, I feel like I've seen some commercials that say holidays with Six Flags. I don't know. I feel like Knott's does I, something, I but know. I don't think Six Flags. I could be wrong. It's been a long time since I've been to Six you know Flags. What? Speaking of Knott's, I, I got to check out Knott's at Christmas. 
they're so awesome. Yes, yes, they are. Not just rocks. I'm just saying. It's this is really cool lately over there. So cool. Well, yeah, thanks for letting me chat about it. It's, it's a pretty cool gig. I hope everyone checks it out. In fact, it's such, you know, you think of the Dapper Day crowd. I think they would eat this up. And I don't know if anyone's reached out to them, oh, yeah. but I'm like, you know. Oh, we'll reach out to them. It just seems like the most perfect place for that vibe. Oh, we're you know going to reach out to them. <laughs> Once this episode like launches and we start tweeting about it and posting about it on Instagram, I think we're going to start having to tag the Dapper Day Expo people and maybe have a Dapper Day oh, on the for Queen sure. Mary. Oh, so I got a quick. Yes. I have a quick funny story, too. When I first started chatting with them, <laughs> um, we were talking about entertainment. You know, um, and I'm just thrilled that I got to be a part of every conversation, every conversation about this. But they mentioned, oh, yeah, Charles Dickens carolers. And I'm like, what? No, 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 no. Um, We're transporting people to the 1930s and the 40s. Dickens isn't what we're going for here, right? Let's I'm thinking of the Andrews sisters. We need this trio of girls. Tip Top Club here. Exactly. And I was thinking of uh, um, what are their names Uh, from? From Buena Vista Street, those three. But yeah, exactly, right? The Silver Lake Sisters. Silver Lake Sisters, yeah. 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 You, well, you know who? I miss Minnie's Fly Girls, too. Oh, that was so good. Yeah. They were Me awesome. too. That was, the songs that they picked for that were way too appropriate. They were just perfect. I know. They were great. Anyway, yeah, I, I yeah. get where you're going. <laughs> That's the vibe. And coincidentally, some dancer friends from Disney, who are also in like the Aladdin musical, they have a group called the American Bombshells. So I know I who they to are. Connect to them. Yeah, you really? I, mean, I don't know them personally, yeah, I got, but I, I got know to connect, of the group. Yeah, I got to connect them with the ship after some conversations, and like I was just hoping that they could be like our traveling, um, you know, our Dickens carolers would be like the, the bombshells walking around because they're they're the real deal. You know, they do all these military performances for veterans, and and here we are on a former World War II ship. I really wanted them to kind of be a big part of this because they have their Christmas numbers that they do too, right? Well, the Queen Mary loved them so much, they turned it into American Bombshell's dinner show. What? Where it's wow. on the ship. It's like, I think, 10 nights throughout the run where they, they have the American Bombshells do their Christmas stuff and their 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 best hits. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. I, that's That might be one of the things I'm the most stoked about this is that that idea and just connecting them like hey this would be great and then they agreed and they liked it so much now it's a dinner show that's so oh, cool man yeah. this all sounds fantastic man it's pretty cool right yeah really well let cool me know when you guys company. go if anybody's looking for still trying to put together that entertainment uh i hear uh the <laughs> beverly bells uh, might know about the silver lake sisters <laughs> oh really just saying so someone Maybe might want to get in contact <laughs> with the Beverly Bells. <laughs> I need to check them out. Dude. Ah, oh, man. See, I love having you on the podcast, dude. You always tell us some really good stuff, and you always make me want to go out and do something that's going to cost me a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like my wife now. <laughs> I'm expensive. But that's good, man. Uh, well, again, all the information about the stuff going on at the Queen Mary for the Christmas season is going to be available in the blog post for the episode, podcateers.com slash 232. Sam, tell everybody where people can find you and how they can connect with you. I'm uh, mostly on Twitter these days, um, Cartar Sauce. Not Carter Sauce, but Cartar Sauce, like Tartar Sauce. But uh, also on Instagram. But that's turned less into my artwork and more of just my kids. I 
I'm a dad that likes taking pictures of his kiddos. So, but if you scroll back a, a ways, you'll see a lot more of my art. Um, but yeah, yeah, samcarterart.com for my pop art, my gallery type stuff. I still do that, but not as much lately. I'm really diving deep into the experience design and hoping to do that more full time. I think Queen Mary's a, a big start in the right direction for that. Um, but yeah, hit me Very up. Very cool, man. Uh, well, we're going to be talking about Wreck-It Ralph next. And have you seen the film? <laughs> I'm going to take yeah, that as a yet. <laughs> right. So I will leave you guys at this point. But you guys are awesome. Thank you, well, guys. thank you for coming on, man. We thank always you. look forward to having you. Yeah, anytime, you. man. Again, next time we do one of the Armchair Imagineering episodes, I'll make sure to send you a message to see if you're available to hang again. Please. And I think we need to do another Late Night Denny's in Anaheim. Oh, one for the real, morning. dude. <laughs> yes. Yes. That was pretty Anytime fun. we could do a 2 a.m. <laughs> move over my hand, I'm, I'm good with oh, that. That's the best. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. Well, thanks, guys. Lots of fun. Thank you, man. Bye. All right. All right. See you later. Bye. All right. Well, thanks again to Sam for coming on the podcast and telling us about all the cool things that he's been up to, talking about heading over to the studio. Uh, again, head on over to the blog post if you guys want to see that. We are going to end this portion of the episode here because we want to talk about Ralph Breaks the Internet. But, you know, I think because we're kind of in spoiler territory, we're going to make that talk a very special talk for our fairy godparents. And if you would like to become a fairy godparent of the podcast so that you can hear this and other uh, special episodes and things that we post for our fairy godparents, you can get more information about that by heading over to podcasters.com slash FGP for more information. So we're going to see our fairy godparents on the other side of the music. But for everybody else, until next time, have a magical week, everyone. Peace out. Bye-bye. <laughs>